like to wait to see how things turn out. If you apply some pressure, I like to wait and see how things turn out. Little Lizzie Pooks. Munich by the editors of a list of 50 songs. <laughs> Welcome to Britpop Panther, my name is Kevin. And I'm Leslie. Caught you just as you were getting your coffee. Uh, this is season two, what happened after Britpop, some of the bands and albums. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, we're at Britpop Mantar or email us BritpopBantar at gmail.com. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Now actually, I've got to be honest, uh, there's one today that, that I don't even respect that. Like I don't, I, we appreciate their talent, I don't. Oh no. I don't, I'm setting the scene now, I'm setting the scene, I don't. I I'm don't nervous know. about this. I mean, I <laughs> could, think I know. Could be, I think could, on could be yours. Uh, so this week's album is All Idleworld and The Remote Part. Last week was the Arctic Monkeys. My God, good episode. My downloads, really healthy downloads. Uh, I think it actually overtook uh, the Charlatans, who were the most downloaded so far. So a couple of things about that. So Richard... Wrote in to let us know about Alex Turner's uh, sort of side projects, which yep. I didn't cover. Have you had much to do with that? So he's got a side project with Miles Keynes um, called The Last Shadow Puppets. You've not, no? No? Okay. Don't think it's for me. <laughs> the Age of the Understatement was the debut album and the follow up, everything you've come to expect. Uh, Richard said the sound is very different than the Arctic Monkeys, very Scott Walker sounding Baroque pop. He also did an EP of songs for the soundtrack for a great quirky coming of age British film called Submarine, which sounds right up your alley. Mm. Indie, boutique UK it? movie, probably won the smallest award ever. I reckon that's got my name right <laughs> on, isn't it? Could be my new favourite film. Yeah, well, yeah. So it's, uh, it's actually, so I had a listen to um, one of Richard's favourite songs, which was It's Hard to Get Around the Wind. Very, it's a very acoustic sounding. Different, obviously very different from the Arctic Monkeys. Very nice. One of the YouTube comments for, for Richard's favourite song, this entire album is a masterpiece. So I think it's one for you. Okay. Indie movie and then a nice acoustic little soundtrack. I'm going to look it up on IMDb. Yeah. So how have you been? I've been... How's, um, how's your injury? Shall we talk about your injury? Very quickly. Uh, so my injury happened today because Kevin and I had another quick round of golf, just nine holes today, and uh, Kate, I was walking away and uh, Kev took a shot and he struck me in the back with his golf ball. <laughs> I should have said I should have said four, but you didn't. You shouted I like, wait, 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 wait. I said Les, Les, and I was like, oh god, oh ow. <laughs> That's how that went. Can't believe I hit you with a golf ball. I can. Part of me thinks it was deliberate. It's and quite that's okay. easy. Yeah. I feel like I- I can't believe it took us this long to actually hit one another. It's pretty good. Um, one thing I, I do want to talk about, and it sort of came to me, is that we in this COVID environment, right, gigs are, let's be honest, a long time away. A long time away. Um, now, what got me thinking about this was, and I'd like your input, is will touring ever be the same for artists coming in? So, Ooh, let me explain question. this, right? Let me explain this. So artists come into Australia. First of all, do they need to quarantine? Yeah. Right? Do they need to quarantine per state? Probably. Right? So think about that, right? So every time they go from New South Wales to Victoria, 
two weeks in, in quarantine. So you're just ha- not going to. You're going to lose money, spend money on the hotels. So anyway, right. So my question or my point is, do you think you will see, not an uprising, but do you see local music, whether it's in the UK, whether it's in Australia, do you think that it's going to become more popular or there's going to be an uprising or a revival about it because we're not going to have the access to international acts? No, I don't think we're going to have the access to any live music. So I don't think it's going to really matter. And maybe, um, I mean, it's a good point. I don't think... Should I have waited till you finish your coffee before I hit you with that hard-hitting question? No, because I think... No, it's a good question. I think probably there is an element of that. Whether we'll even get live... Australia's taken it to the extreme, right? So that's the other thing. We are, so, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know... I was actually really sad for two days today, this week, because... Oh. Really down. Because I realised that Australia doesn't even allow you to leave the country. Now, I understand that... You know, closing borders, etc., really helped. We're six months in. There's like eight cases a day in New South Wales. Appreciate Victoria had the remelt down, but um, <laughs> you know, like Victoria doing well though. Hundred odd cases a day. Well yeah, done. But Halfway there. I just go in a free world, in a democ- in a democratic country. I am not allowed to leave. Like I felt pretty oof, locked in, and I was like that. I don't... You quarantine me when I come back, I get that. You do but, holiday a lot as well, But you actually, don't let me leave. Travel, I've yeah. got mates in the UK who have posted pictures of we've gone to Madeira and Portugal on holiday. We've just got to isolate when we get back. Right? Now, I'm not bothered about more about the holiday. I'm just thinking about the fact that if anything happened to our parents, touch wood, or anyone, we just can't go back. We're not allowed. And if you apply, there's been 150... Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. There's 150, 160,000 applications of people wanting to leave Australia. They've granted 40,000. No. Yeah, 40,000. Not even half. One in, okay. So and one so then four. you're like, what would have to actually happen for me to be allowed to leave a country in 2020? Why is there no one talking about this in Australia? Like, it's like we're all... I don't know. I just find it... Oh. I just think that I appreciate there's a pandemic and I appreciate we've got to be, I think, social distancing, 20 people in a pub, wear a face mask, all appropriate. Yep. You can't leave the country, you can't leave the state, you can't breathe, you can't move. We're getting a little bit... we just got to be careful because this is beginning to border on... Hmm, interesting. Basic human rights, freedom of movement. Like, I just go... I'm not allowed to leave, who said? Scomo? Who went to fucking Hawaii when it was bushfires? <laughs> and who's trying to negotiate a travel bubble with Hawaii? <laughs> like, fantastic, mate. Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, it depressed me. I was oh, wow. pretty sad Monday, Tuesday. Struggled. I didn't know that. All right. Yeah, it was, you... it's been because I just go with myself. Like, we're really there's just a lot of. We've been in the office. Did you? You said you were going to last try week. That. I did. How yeah, did you it was kind of nice, but we've got to sit with a mask on, and I just found that a bit too much as well. Oh, so you've got to have a mask in the yeah. office. Yeah, the whole thing's just a bit confronting. Like I went to the pub last night, and I had to scan my phone and get my wee thing done. COVID. Yeah. Took my wee hand sanitizer. Sit down. That's fine. That's all right. Who cares? It's yeah. kind of nice. It's probably relatively healthy. Yeah. But this, you're not allowed to leave the country. The borders are closed in the states, and you'll get six months in jail and blah. And you're like, come on. Mm-hmm. It's actually, we're getting close to sort of when people start booking trips away. No one's allowed in, so no backpackers, 
no tourist. So, and then us in New South Wales can't go to Queensland. So places it's in, it's that insane. the tourist industry is going to take a massive hit. It's it insane. I actually think we've just got to take a little bit of a different look at it. Now, I appreciate there's been less deaths and less cases in Australia than a lot of countries in the world. And for that, I'm grateful and thankful. But now, just tell me a bit of common sense now. Hmm. What's your thoughts on the vaccine? It's coming soon. So my thoughts on the vaccine are... Um, you kidding yourself Scomo if you sent, think I'm having it. Because ScoMo Oh, sent. I'd be gone. I would actually leave Australia if anything is mandatory. He, I'm not putting that in my body. Yeah, he came out and originally said it was going to be mandatory for all Australians. Well, it's not. He quickly wound that one back. I'm glad, because I'd have been long gone. I'd have moved to New Zealand. Because the, the reason is, I'm not anti-vax. If I need a vaccination, I'll have one. Mm. But... <laughs> There's been no tests on this. Mm. Like, you do not pump out. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Until it's been around for two years and I've seen other people lose their legs and all the crap that's going to happen, then I'm not having it. (laughs) They're not going to. I'm sure there's been. But I I understand your concern. And I should. And this is the other thing. Nobody should mandate. I shouldn't be mandated to do anything. No, no, no. And I think. So, I should be allowed to leave my country. Correct. I should be allowed to choose whether I have a vaccine. And look, if. You know, having a vaccine, if you don't have... And then this is the other thing, are we just going to turn people into lepers because they don't want it? Well, you didn't have the vaccine, you can't come in. Because you're like, well, you're a moron because... Well, you've got herd mentality, herd, what's that? Immunity yeah, by then, because you'll have the vaccine, so I can't give you it anyway, so shut up. Yeah, that's fine. But um, all of that really depressed me. Because wow, I you just got really Australia into the detail. Australia is becoming very oppressive. You got into the detail this, this week, didn't you? Yeah, but I think it's oppressive. I just think that... Um, and why is no one in Australia making a fuss? Imagine that in Scotland. You're not allowed to leave the country. Oh, there'd be riots. You know How what? much is... Do I want, pal? We've talked about it before. This, um... So for me, I've actually... Haven't looked... Haven't watched news. Haven't read news. I've actually stayed away from pretty much anything COVID-related. Because even if it's two cases, the media are flipping going... It doesn't matter if it's two or a thousand... They hammer it home regardless. So there's this constant scaremongering. On, That's and, the other thing. And so I avoided it this week and I went into the office. I saw some real people face to face that I haven't seen for six months. It was awesome. It was so, you know, and I'm planning a wee trip in New South Wales. So it's bits and bobs. I'm start, oh, I'm all right. Are you, because no. you're still in it with work. You're still seeing it on the news. Is that too much? I wasn't watching it on the news. It's just that it's the rules. It's not the... Because I don't watch the press conference every day about how oh, many no, cases. God, no. It's just that it's the actual rules now. It's mm. they feel heavy. Mm. Like oh, this is. You don't like rules. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like ones like traffic lights. They make sense. <laughs> rules. Um, but this is just I don't know. And then I think. I don't know, like, obviously Pete Evans, who's a celebrity chef in Australia. Oh, God, we're going on a Pete Evans bit. Amazing. Oh, so my he, God. He posts things daily. Now, I follow him because it's funny, and then I send it to one of my friends who also thinks it's funny. And then his latest one was, you need to really watch this documentary. It's called Plandemic. And I was like, amazing, I'm going to watch it. Mental. So, apparently, the whole thing has been planned by Bill Gates, which is amazing. I mean, if this man has managed to pull this off, fair play. <laughs> Because if you've managed to, like, really fool us all with a global pandemic, just so we'll all get vaccines, um, the best part of the documentary, though, was that Bill Gates is actually responsible for another thing that's happening in the world. What's that? Um, He's responsible for partly climate change because he's blocking the sun. 
He's blocking the sun. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, he's not, he might be, he's been doing it in Scotland for centuries, so, you know. <laughs> um, he's just not got to Australia yet, so, but, you know. I just, like, we're losing actual perspective. Oh now. my God. So basically, Bill Gates and all of the and the all these other people, they're all there's like one, the one percent of the population, the Illuminati, all these people. Yeah, yeah, lizard people. They're all doing this, yeah. And we're all mental, and we're all falling for it, just so that he can uh, with nanotechnology in the vaccine, and then they'll be able to know our every move. Well, to be honest, they know that already. Every time I put my phone in my pocket, exactly. So you know, I'm like, <laughs> there are an easier way to do that than all this carry on. I'm sure, <laughs> but. Um, I mean, that kind of made me laugh. But then I'm thinking... And then the other thing was, Pete Evans did was, was a Qantas plane that had two covers over the engines. And one looked like the the eye of the Illuminati sign. Oh it wasn't. It was clearly, like, hazardous or something. But, <laughs> and then he was like, it's out full view. This is Qantas. They're getting run by the Freemasons and all these people. And this is why they've shut the airline down and we all need to wake up and... And I'm like... So for anyone who doesn't know about Pete Evans... Follow him. Just for a laugh. Chef, Chef Pete Evans on Instagram. Just for a laugh. Wanker. Wanker? Oh, without doubt. Biggest wanker ever. And um, he he got sued because he invented and promoted and sold for, what, $15,000? Yeah, a bio lamp. A bio lamp that would stop you getting coronavirus. Yeah. So he can do that, but have a pump at Bill Gates for... Um, Far out. <laughs> anyway, right. So, shall we go on to better things? Which is yeah, that'll make me happy because I need to. I need to get my yeah. yeah well, we didn't talk I've about been that. In a black hole this week. Well, let's get out of it okay. with with a lovely song called "Sunny Days." I know what it is. Ka- so she's awesome. Catherine Alley. Uh, the song is "Sunny in the Days." So this is the song of the week, obviously. So. It's not what we normally do. Let's be honest, right? No, but it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. So we get sent. Uh, a whole bunch of promotional songs This one came through And I was like ah, It's just so different So gorgeous And I sent it to you And I was like ah, You need to hear this It I is it. stunning So uh, Catherine Alley Is an avant pop singer Songwriter Based in Edinburgh A blend of London Grammar York And Florence And Machine references Her genre fluid Melody driven tracks Are ethereal Experimentation With lyrical elements And dreamy ambience a narrative of subjectivity in singular and collective context. Originally from Greece, Catherine has been involved with many musical and art projects in Scotland's capital. She is the lead singer of shoegaze band Lilac Melt. Oofed. Know how I feel about shoegaze. (laughs) And has done various collaborations with UK-based music artists, including Baby Taylor, Glassmaster, False Bliss, Midi Paul, and being featured at the Skinny and BBC Radio Scotland and performing great events like Tenement Trail, Hidden Door Festival and EH6 Festival. Here is the very gorgeous Catherine Alley, Sunny Days. Just you and me 
Not according to Bill Gates, though. Because <laughs> he's blocking it. <laughs> to release some gases to create climate change. Oh, God. Anyway, that, that song is stunning. Her voice, incredible. Yeah, well done. Really, really nice. And nice to hear something a bit different um, coming through the old Dropbox. One of my favourite songs of the week, I've got to be honest. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You packed up already. Lovely. Let's see. 
I know the, I know the way that this is going to go. You're just going to be you're just going to be a twat. Look at you, you're already. I can tell. Boom. So here we go. Because let's we go. got three. Three. Let's go. I'm only doing one review each. Yeah, perfect. Let's, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll kick off with uh, my pal Stormzy. Your pal. Yeah. Your NME. Pal. Four out of five. From its title to the artwork. Not five out of five. No, it's four. There was a couple others, but I thought that were five out of five, and then. But I just picked this one that seemed more normal. From its title to the artwork that depicts Stormzy holding his Banksy design vest while adorned with a crown of gold, the messaging of Heavy as the Head is clear. Stormzy's second album is an exploration of a man on the cusp of greatness. Oh. Heavy as the Head is a broad-reaching, genre-buckling romp that while sometimes overreaching, never gets dull or overstays its welcome. Stormzy raps, sings, brag, hurts and apologises with force throughout the album. He raps on Rachel's little brother. Um, plus, I'm a multi-talented. It's like I'm Donald Glover. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm Rachel's little brother. He's cool. a man who has the power influence to do nearly anything, but constantly remind us that he's part of something bigger. Stormzy isn't aiming to be the biggest name in grime or UK rap, or indeed even be one of the biggest UK artists. Heavy as the head is him trying to go for everything and become the sort of culture-defining talent that only pops up a couple of times in a generation. Wow, big call. Pumping. Go so, on, go on. What? Go on, are you going to talk about your, how you felt about it? Yeah, I am. So, this- I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I swear I love it. Look, I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I thought I would hate it. I think I have a secret yeah. penchant for grime. You do. I do, don't I? <laughs> I just always think like that. I hate it. I hate it. And then I go every oh, time we review and little Sims, little Sims. This and I love it. I reckon I like it. I don't understand you at all. Sometimes I don't understand me sometimes either. What was it um, that you texted me the other day? Go on. What was the text? No, you said to me, "Oh, I'm so glad that we've got this hobby." And I said, "I've got a new hobby: driving around with my windows down, listening to Stormzy." <laughs> Boom. <laughs> joking i thought you've been a smart ass but then at golf last week you actually pulled away windows down yeah. listening to stormzy like, love it. That. You... like anytime something's had to get done around the house or someone's had to pop out i'll go just so i can get in the car and play stormzy <laughs> <laughs> i'll get it wow yeah. all right what do, what do you like about so it? i think a lot of i think i love their like their melodic I actually think well, he's when he raps, when he sings, he's actually got a nice wee singing voice. He's a great voice. singer. Um, yeah, I like it. The different, and they were right, because it's genre busting, because it's not, I think with this album, it's not all of the same style. So Correct. you get some of the hardcore grime songs that are just him rapping. Yep. Yep. Then you get the ones where, I mean, there's no excuse to have Ed Sheeran on your album, but that will pass that. <laughs> but I do like that song. It's not bad. But it's not bad. But then what, they, what also he does is he's got all of these other guest appearances that really shift it. So, like, for example, the song Rainfall, and then he's got that artist, and then they throw in that Shackles. And I mm-hmm. was like, I love that song. Um, but then you get the ones where he's really quite, you know, heavy into the the rapping and the grime. That, But they just make me smile. They make me bop about. They make me happy. I mean, oh. Vossy Bop is just hilarious. I love it. Okay. Um... There's not really... I think if I had to pick a bad song, I think Handsome isn't amazing. I do better. They're a bit the same, same. But I think Audacity's brilliant. Crown is 
um, lovely because he sings in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Rainfall's great because he has that sort of shackles. I just want to praise you. I love it. <laughs> and then that song, One Second, is beautiful. Yes. If you give me just one second. And yeah. her voice is amazing. Pop Boy, which I want you to play, is the most fun song that I've heard in years. I have that blasting and I'm like that. I reckon this is written about me. <laughs> Just change it to pop girl. Ooh, I'm like that. <laughs> like I love it, and there's so many other great. I don't think that song's actually the best song on the album, but I want to play it because I actually, it has actually made me smile in this week of depression. Oh, um, right. And it makes you smile. So I think everybody just needs to have it in your because it's a fun song. It's not the best on the album, but it's the one that always puts a wee smile on my face. Um, Go on. What'd you give it? So it's a tough one. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. Um, I was between an eight and a half and a nine, but I might change my Laura Marling to nine and a half. As in to push her up? Yeah. I mean, it makes no difference to the winner, but because that's a different kind of brilliant. Yeah, you were in, and, you and enjoy yeah. this album, but yeah, okay, cool. But I'll give it a, maybe an eight and a half. Give it a nine, okay. Give it the nine. All right, okay. I love it. If it makes you that happy, go for it. It makes me smile. I think he's great. Right. And when you read about him, like he's donating a lot of money to black youth, he's going to do a million doll- a million pounds every year for scholarships for black youth to get into education. Wow. Um, he talks, you know, he's got, he's in this relationship and he talks so highly about her. It just seems like he's had his moments. He made homophobic comments a few years ago and then he's come out and he's like, I was young and dumb and I would never mean to do any of these things. He's just completely... Um, Mature? Yeah, and he's only 27, but he doesn't act, you know, all that, like, full-on stupid, like, gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, But he's, like, he's got a message, and okay. he's got talent, and he's sharing it, and okay. I like that. I just, yeah, big fan. Oh, good. Wow, all right. And I listened to his first album, and it banging as well, so... <laughs> Who is this person? Like, <laughs> UK grime. I mean, it was made for me. I am the target audience, so if you could keep, like, a middle-aged white female... <laughs> Uh, Alright, so I just mm, No, I don't I actually just I don't like grind, I'll be honest I don't okay. like grind You're missing out but... um, However, I do really like the songs that he sings on Or has guests on who sing I think he does that really well So the collaboration songs for me really stood out Crown, I really like this The best song in the album for me is Superheroes where, oh, he, great where he talks about all the other um, sort of black artists and how well they're doing. And, you know, I just thought that, that was really powerful to me. I thought it was excellent. Look, half the... So basically, as you sort of break it, if the ones where he just purely raps and does his grimy stuff uh, is the bit I don't like. I and, and unfortunately, that's half the album. Yeah. And the other half, I go, I actually quite like that. And then I'm straight away back out of it. So for me, it's a half-half. Five out of ten. You need to get your ears tested. <laughs> but I'm really happy that it made you so happy. Yeah. And uh, okay. look, I didn't I actually. Pop Boy was one of my like least favorite songs, but it made you happy. So should we'll just but play it's it? Not, but the point is, it's not one of the best songs in the album. But it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's two and a half minutes of nonsense, but it's so much fun. Well, our audience didn't expect this, but here we go. Here's Stormzy with Pop Boy. <laughs> Oh, 
You know it's getting peppered if it's got me on Stunning for the ground, man, I'll risk it for a like Fall back a second, fam, and have a think about your life Start moving so fast, you gotta chill and take your time You ain't thought about it right if you don't think about it twice What boys chatting to me like a top boy Bro, pop bottles and bitches and never pop toys Money way, couple rock boys and some hot boys Still up on the block, boy, finna drop the top, boy You hate me and I ain't a fan of you See what I've done in a year, imagine too Young H, I'm going clear, I'm coming through Quit switch pace, open the gear and pull a suit Like flex on and bust a little move for the boomerang Everybody sitting and watching me while I do my dance uh, Trust me, this ain't nothing new to gang Liquor by the load, don't have a clue how much juice I drank Grab a bag, wanna stack, not a rap Rap a trap, wanna plaque, not a whack Bag a gas, tryna chat, but it's cap Get me mad, you ain't bad, man, it's sad Hey, my city, I'm the top boy And I didn't even have to be in top boy If you're awesome, I've done it, it's a lot, boy You rap neats, make me wanna be a pop boy Hey, my city, I'm the top boy Mommy always tell me, give them what you got, boy On the mission, so they wishing that I'm flop, boy But I'll never stop popping, I'm the pop boy So, my pal, Charlie XCX Oh, we've been talking about her for a wee while now Oh, Charlie So Enemy seven, no sorry pitchfork 7.7 how I'm feeling now um, conceived and created entirely at home in quarantine in Los Angeles over the last, past six weeks is instantly familiar to a lot of us at the moment I'm so bored wake up late eat some cereal try my best to be physical lose myself in a TV show staring out to oblivion all my friends are invisible she dead pans on anthems a song workshop during a recent session on Instagram live Launching a creative endeavour in public feels somewhat incomprehensible right now when conditions for creating art are so uniquely discouraging. Charlie began with a mid-March Twitter note pondering questions that have become increasingly pressing as the music business scrambles to adapt to pandemic culture. But for those who've kept up with Charlie's unusual transparent creative process via interviews, live streams and screenshots, part of the joy of the new album is simply seeing how our song sketches and notes at lyrics turned out. Those just tuning in may have missed the stress of a self-imposed May 15 deadline. She only just made it. And how quarantining with her boyfriend strengthened a previously strained long-distance relationship. How I'm feeling now is simultaneously a hopeless cry and celebration of love recorded steps away from its object with songs like Forever Clause, Seven Years and I Finally Understand devoted to sincere, immediate romance and pleasure. 
What a pile of shite. That is not what that album is. This album is just a pile of noise. I'm too old for it. By some distance. That whole vocoder, chipmunk noise, the what are you singing about? I mean, if that's romance, I mean, call me old-fashioned, but... <laughs> It's not like that in my day. I'll take Storms any day. I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. I found it a struggle. Okay. I listened to it twice. Okay. That was it. Okay. I, there's one good song and now I've forgotten it. What are you going to give it? Two. Okay. Well, I 100% disagree with you. No, I fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> so... You made me nervous there. Oh... This you you actually beat me to it. This album is utter shite, utter shit, <laughs> right? So so okay. I was going to try and be a little bit, but on the anyway. This is what I've You're written. You're never like this. This is, is what I've written. This album is literally everything I hate in music. Yeah, it has a vocoder in uh, every oh. song. If you can't sing, don't fucking sing. It's as simple as that. The lyrics are terrible. The writing is immature. There's references to modern technology that you know I hate. Like I just I just can't stand. At points I could be listening to a Crazy Frog or a Smurfs yeah, album. Yeah. It's it's that immature, horrible dance music that we tried so hard to get away from. I hate that it's in the Mercury Prize nominations. So do I. I hate it. It should not be near there. And it taints this award. I hated that I had to waste my time time listening to this. I hate hate give me cold play everyday life any day of the week wow zero out of ten i listened to it once i hate it every fucking second me too i gave it to you know the point for effort that thing no it's not there's, there's, okay. the, and the there thing is there's no song. effort you're not singing you're using a vocoder no. what's the point let me just find the good song because there was there was, one look, I, I actually wrote forever wasn't that bad is that the one i liked and it's like track one or two it's it's but then i'm just like oh you're going to so, so look, I I same yeah, as you. I don't know. I'm too old for this album. It's oh. an album. It's oh. it's the style of music I just don't want to be near. And to be honest, it shouldn't be near this damn award, you know. So yeah, and I want to know the explanation to that because you know, I just don't. The thing is, right, we're going to talk about an album in a second. That you know, there will be some albums that get nominated for the Mercury Music Award that we don't give. Well, I don't give high scores for because they're not my thing. But the talent behind the album... And you respect the album and or you the go, artist. Do you know what? I don't like... Correct. ...classical music, or I don't like jazz, or I don't like whatever. But they should be in it, because it's supposed to be a broad musical award. Correct. And the talent that they have as musicians deserves to be recognised. Correct. Am I going to buy it? No. Would I vote for it? No. I don't know why she... There's no talent. What instrument is there? And if she literally did record it in like that length of time on her phone... Then don't, because then I'm going to release an album on my phone and see who <sighs> listens to that. So, um, God, we're just awful. Too, <laughs> too no, awful. but it's just awful. Let's get into Moses. Last one. Yeah, so Moses Boyd. So, NME, four out of five. It's perhaps no wonder that Moses Boyd's debut solo album draws on the eclectic range of influences. Growing up in Catford, South London, his music-loving family played everything from gospel soul funk to experimental rock and reggae. On any given day, Boyd said it was normal to hear Bjork, 
NERD Tupac Naz and Yusun Dur in his childhood home at school. Meanwhile, Boyd was already swapping beats with his grime-loving classmates in his first year and later, after taking up drums aged 13, he discovered jazz and was soon studying videos of Miles Davis and Sonny Rollins. So cool. Opener Stranger Than Fiction gently twinkles into life before the rich tuba Sons of Kemet's Theon Cross transforms it into infectious, rump-shaking instrumental. Add in the skittish drums of Boyd with the frenetic synths of Joe Armand Jones and the track becomes one of the most danceable on the record. The style carries through the album uh, on the standout Only You, which channels the darker dance styles of the London underground along a woozy Afrobeat underscore. Whilst jazz and dance are the forefront of this album's heart, you can trace a multitude of other genres under its surface, from grime to rock to funk to pop. It's an ambitious work full of scope, where Boyd continues to innovate and impress. Over to you. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we had a jazz challenge. Didn't Wait go down it. too well. Yeah. But there were some nuggets in that jazz challenge that I enjoyed. Where they infused dance music with jazz and a little bit of funk. I'm, I'm a bit in. But what I didn't find was an album or artist that had it consistently through their work, right? So, and also the other challenge with the jazz challenge is sometimes they go off into jazz. Two, two jazz. Like, two jazz, right? And that's... But, this, I loved it. Right, I actually, I know you're looking at me like, what? I actually really enjoyed this, right? Because Stranger Than Fiction, the first intro, is actually pretty much like a a dance album track, right? And you go, and I'm into it, and I'm like, is this jazz? Mm -hmm. And that's what, like, there are, don't get me wrong, there are elements of jazz within this album, but there's some really good tracks here that forget that you forget that it's a jazz album. So you like jazz that isn't jazz? I like... No. I like yeah. jazz where it's it's got structure. So it doesn't go that whole abstract <laughs> jazz. And I also like that they infused this, the jazz components, with a backing of a dance soundtrack. It's very electronic. It's very dark at times. And when they have vocals over it, it matches the song. Like, it's just... To me, this, this was really good. It's dark, it's gorgeous, it's electric... For me, it has shades of left field's rhythm and stealth at times. It mm-hmm. also had shades of Saint Germain's uh, Saint Germain's tourist album. So there's, you've got the dark and the light component. It's rocking. It's gorgeous. This, I believe, is a sleeper to win. I think this is the Ronnie size. So for me, I like this. I've listened to a lot, and uh, yeah, eight out of ten. Oh my god! So I like. Two songs. <laughs> um, I love Stranger Than Fiction. When I first put it on, I went, oh, I actually think I'm going to like this. It's a banger. And then that hard food into And I was like, oh, here we go. Um, track, track two is a bit iffy. But yeah, then and back. look, I didn't mind it. Like, I put it this way, it's one of the best jazz albums I've ever heard. There you go. For sure. And it's listenable. It's not like, what was her name a minute ago? But um, it's still not really for me. I know what you're saying. It's like, you like the elements that are not jazz, but unfortunately there's jazz in this album, and that's the problem <laughs> for me. In the, la- in the so, latter part of the album, I just don't necessarily... Yeah. yeah, I just didn't fully enjoy it. I think... Anyway, the point I made earlier, this guy is a serious musician. He's a serious talent. Oh, this is a tremendous album. I'm with you. I think it's a... 
It's a sleeper. Yeah. Um, and would I be sad if you won it? Not really, because it's not for me. But to my to your point, you respect the talent. Yes. yes. And and you know when you think when you read, I read a few reviews about him, and he's been in some bands, and he's created this music, and music's always been a huge influence for him, and he creates this, mm-hmm. and it's something he's created himself. Yeah. So you go, do you know what? Fair play. Fair play. Um, but I'm a five. Really. All right, yeah. well, here's what I want to do. I want to play something from this album. Okay. I want to play uh, Shades of You, which I think captures the jazz, the danciness, and it's got a beautiful, beautiful set of vocals in there as well. So, uh, Moses Boyd, Shades of You. Give away all my colors I'm left with shades of blue can't handle your darkness, but they want all the shades of you. Shame. 
Right. Okay. Are we so, down to the last two? Yeah, we're down to the last two. So right now we've got obviously Michael at twenty out of twenty. And then second we've got it's Laura be... Marling. Oh, not Stormzy. No. Um ho- uh, Hoodie's all summer, so Canoe is f- he's third. Jeez. Stormzy is just behind by half a point. And then we've got three at thirteen, Moses Boyd Sports Team Porridge Radio. And then, what's her name? Doesn't even come anywhere near it. But um, So the last two are Lanterns on the Lake with the album Spook the Herd and Georgia Seeking Thrills. And then we're, then we're done. And then what I think I might do is um, put a little poll out, our top three, and see what people will vote for in terms of their Mercury Music Prize. But I don't think it's going to be Charlie XX. She got two. That's... And that was you being bloody nice. That was me being nice. So, um, we've given them, like, to be fair, they've all, it's interesting. It's either I give it a five and you give it an eight, or I give it a nine and you give it a four. Like, it's either, there's only Michael that we're pretty resolute on mm-hmm. that we like. But, yeah, so Lanto's on the Lake and Georgia. Um, just realised as well, like, I'm looking at the episodes that we have left, because I was right, you were wrong. We have seven left, right? But we're ahead of schedule, so we could sneak in some at the back end if we wanted to. Sneak in what? A couple of extra albums if we wanted to. Oh. Otherwise, we just take we we start our holidays a bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> right, this week's album. Oh no! It's yours. It's mine. So I, I I've been, I, I'm really perplexed about this album. Okay. I'm surprised it's your choice. Why? Why? So. And we'll get into that because I'm, I'm genuinely interested. Why? Anyway, so Idleworld, the remote part. What's the cover? It's a wee boy. It's a wee boy. Wee boy looking. Looking a wee bit down. Looking a wee bit down, wistfully into the distance. He is. Um, so the remote part, the album uh, sort of means they h- hired a cottage. Now try saying that. Where is that? Inch the Danf. Actually, I've got to say, that was pretty bang on. Yeah. But uh, I, you studied Gaelic, didn't you? And I'm also Scottish, Kev. So oh, I wouldn't have know. said that. I wouldn't have got that. No, you wouldn't. I, do you remember you used to study Gaelic at school? Can you, can you No, at any... school, I went to uni. I did it, not uni. I did, you a, did it at uni? A night class. Oh. Didn't you take it at school, though? You... No, I wasn't at school. Look, I mean, I was at school, but <laughs> I didn't, like, sometimes. But right, I took French at school. I took French and German. I didn't take, that wasn't a choice. I thought you took Gaelic. No, I did it as a wee, I did it off my own back. Can you say what, anything in Gaelic? Yep. Go. Um, is Michelle Leslie? Kimura how? My name is Leslie, how are you? Kimura how? Kimura how? Oh, wow. Mm. Fantastic. You know. That's awesome. Still got it. Those night classes or whatever they were. Right, so Inchnadamf, the remote area of Sutherland, one of the most depopulated regions in the Highland, is actually where they recorded this album, hence the remote part name of the album. Released in 15th of July 2002, third album. Obviously, I want to get into this, which mm-hmm. was the album before it is 100 Broken Windows. Which is my favourite I know old song on it, which is the first track. So, came out in 2000, number 15. What followed it was Warnings and Promises uh, in 2005, got to number nine. What, so let's just jump into it. Why did you pick this album, Ovar? Which I think, 
if I was to pick one, not knowing who either of those, that seems to be the most popular album. Yeah, but it isn't my favourite. Right. Okay. So I like them both. I'm, I'm an Ida Wild fan. I really like them. Um, I just think there are more... I used to listen to this album a lot more, and I actually got into Ida Wild because of this album and then went backwards. Okay. And then, so I think I've always had a soft spot for this album. So I really like it. Um... And it just reminds me of being in Edinburgh. It's just got a lot of good memories. Okay. Um, so the producers, Dave Erringer, Manic Street Preachers, he's done all their albums, Head Swim, oh, K, OCS, Northern Uproar, Stephen Street, we've spoken to many times, Blur, Cranberries, and Gene Massey, Divine Comedy, Libertines, Ed Sheeran, The Coral, and Spiritualized. So a hell of a lot of really talented mm. producers. Um, 11 tracks, 38 minutes, it made to number three... How long was it in the charts, Liz? 36 weeks. 11 weeks. Wow. One uh, day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to keep going for this pod. The minute, we'll keep going to this podcast forever. And then the minute you get the number of weeks in the chart, we're done. That's yeah. it. We go. That's it. We're that's finished. It. Uh, albums. Number 10, Read My Lips by Sophie Alex Bexter. Nine, Eminem Show by Eminem. Eight, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, Brian Adams. Spirit oh, was the horse God. movie. Uh, Escape by Enrique Iglesias. Oh my God, this is terrible. Queen Greatest Hits 1, 2 and 3. Okay. Nellyville by Nelly. <laughs> Ashanti by Ashanti. Uh, the Remote Part by Idleworld. Heathen Chemistry by Oasis. Oof, no. We got asked to cover that. Um... Tough. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, by the red hot chili peppers. Uh, was that when you had your heart broken? Heathen chemistry? Was that the. Yeah, okay, cool. Alright, let's do the singles. Here I Am by Brian Adams. I'm Going to Be Alright by uh, Jennifer Lopez. Hot in Here by Nelly. That song just seems like for, for, oh, 40. every crap night. It's getting hot in here. So take a foot. And all these people pretend to take their clothes off. Oh. And then you're like, if the one thing that COVID does, it means that will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Work It Out by Beyonce. Oh, Little Less Conversation by Elvis. Junkie XL. So Do you? I didn't know that. Little less conversation, a little more action, please. Awful, awful, awful. Oh, I'm going to play it on your birthday. No, you're not. Fullest by Ashanti. Uh, your Song by Elton John and Alessandro Safina. Jesus. Shooting Star by Flippin' Phil. <laughs> the Logical Song by Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Even I don't know what that is. Any One of Us, Gareth Gates. Oh, God. That was a terrible, terrible... <laughs> and then you wonder why I like this album. It's the only thing that was... <laughs> yeah, so like, before we get into the band then, talk to me about how did you come across this band? Because this, this to me feels like it's not in your normal catalogue. Oh, really? It doesn't at all. I was introduced to it by a friend at uni. Right. Who actually had a bit heavier music taste. So she really liked, like, At the Drive In. Got it. Linkin Park. That makes sense. Um, to Incubus. Me. But other kind of like indie bands. Still kind of like Coldplay. And we like similar bands. Liked Athlete. Actually, she was the one that got me into the first Athlete album. So she had kind of eclectic taste. 
but did kind of go down the heavier path. Um, I mean, I never really ever got at the driving. That was always a bit hectic. But, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so she then said, look, I think you'd like this album. And then You Held the World in Your Arms, the first track, actually was quite big as a single. Got a lot of radio play in Scotland because they were from Edinburgh. Yeah. Then there was a funny story where Roddy, who is in Idlewild, actually ended up at our halls of residence having a beer with someone. What? Somebody went, he's in Idlewild, and I didn't know who they were yet. And then my mate went, yeah, you do, it's their album. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, that's really cool, but I didn't say anything because I was a weirdo. And then that was it. So To be fair, you're not that good at talking to celebrities, are you? No, terrible. <laughs> and so... Um, I don't know. So I just don't. The, Idlewild just always seemed to seep into my life yeah. in some way. And, and being in Edinburgh, and I'm sure I saw them at the venue, or it was on the Liquid Rooms, or some small venue in Edinburgh. And just such energy. Like, I know that this is quite rocky for me. Usually, yes. the albums I pick are a little bit more or less so. I do like the rocky indie stuff, but it's got to be good. It can't be noise. But I actually, oh, I actually like the lyrics in this album. I like his voice. Um, it's just got more memories for me. It's probably one of those sentimental type albums, but I still enjoy it. I still think it makes me smile, bang it on, sing away. Um, so the, yeah, so yeah, so she got me into that album. Then I listened to Heart of Broken Windows, um, and I like that album. Mm-hmm. And I get it gets the best reviews and blah blah, but you know, not too many more reviews. But it is a good album. Then I kind of went away from them until we reviewed them again, which was kind of nice. Um, when we did it like, last Interview season, music. yeah. But if you listen to the song "Little Discourage," the first song on it's brilliant. And, like it's a good album, Hundred Broken Windows. Don't get me wrong, and it was tough. But I was like, am I going to pick the one again, like PJ Harvey, that everybody musically thinks is nah, better? Nah, do you pick? Or am I going to pick the one that I listen to? And I listen to remote part. Sometimes, often. Like, okay. it's not like it's... I picked it out of... Whereas 100 Broken Windows... It's not the one you go back to regularly. Nah. Okay. Good. All right. Um, yeah, because from... I listened to this, and this to me... Uh, not getting into it, but I just... I just... There are songs on this that I go, Oh, if I had introduced you to this band, you would have told me to get stuffed. No, I don't think so. Anyway, right. Either world. So, starting lineup was Roddy Wimble... Amazing. Rod, yeah. Yeah, Rod Jones, Colin Newton and F- Phil Scanlon. Scanlon was soon replaced by Bob Fairfull. Uh, there's heaps more changes which I'll, which I'll get to. So formed in December of 1995. We were 15. Uh, so Edinburgh, Scotland, named after a place in the lead singer's favourite book, Anne of Green Gables. What's your favourite book? That's one of mine. Is it really? Yeah. And I'll tell you a story why. So... We had a primary school teacher who, Mrs. Adamson, do you remember her? No. What do you mean? We got her twice. Anyway. Geez. I was there for like a couple of months in primary seven. That was it. No, you were there longer. I was in primary seven, mate. I think you, I think, and who did we have in primary seven? Miss Garvey? Yeah, right. So See, there you go. Anyway. See? So Miss Adamson, so she basically wrote on my report card once <laughs> to my mum. That I basically was Anne of Green Gables. No! <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> I was like, I've never really known. That's fantastic. It's not, because she's a bit of a loser. So I'm like, 
exactly what it is, but she's a bit cheeky and she's a bit of a tomboy and she gets herself into trouble all the time and scrapes and she's got to always get out of them, but she gets out of them, but she's got a good heart and there's always a nice ending to the story. How so... is that not you? <laughs> Literally, you've just summed yourself up in a paragraph. <laughs> okay, well, maybe it is then. Um, so my mum bought me the book and I read it. And then there was like a TV show. But it's a beautiful book. And I've always wanted to go to Prince Edward Island because that's where she was from oh. in Canada. Okay. So it's um, it's always been close to my heart. Maybe I have this affinity with the world. Yeah, you do. It's coming again. And I'll give you another affinity to it too when we get through the tracks. So I'll tell you why. Wicked. Uh, so Idleworld resulted from a chance meeting at university. Christmas celebration. At the party, singer-songwriting Roddy... Guitarist Rod and drummer Colin discovered their shared obsession with bands like the Stooges, Sonic Youth, Black Flag and other classic punk rockers as well as alternative bands like Nirvana and R.E.M. R.E.M. come up all the time when you review or you investigate. Why? There is some tracks that I pick up a sound like them but in the reviews they're just compared to them all the time. (sighs) Um, so Roddy was born on August 13th 1976 in Glasgow and lived in both France and the USA before heading back to Scotland when he was 15 the soundtrack to his childhood success consisted of parents folk records especially the music of Bob Dylan and Joan Baez though as a teen he preferred heavy metal and punk he described his first band as a goth pop pop outfit laughing now about playing in local pumps to the audience of farmers to Melody Maker, it wasn't until I was 18 and got a copy of Dylan Highway 61 Revisited um, that I started to realise he was quite different. Since then, I've collected all his albums. There's a lot. Uh, some of his songs are the best I've ever heard. In addition to music, is it Wimble or Wumble? Wumble? It's Wumble. It's Wumble? Pronounced Wumble? Yeah. I'll just go Roddy. Yeah. In addition to music, Roddy also developed a passion for filmmaking. He received his first 8mm camera for his 15th Christmas and has used it ever since. Regarding filmmaking, Roddy, Roddy said, The whole process uh, of it, getting your film back and watching it projected against the wall, even the noise that the projector makes. Did you ever get into photography? I did a photography class. Did when you? I went to college after uh, um, school. And I got thrown out once because I was being silly with a guy that we used to go to school with. He was in my class. And the guy kept saying tongs. But the way he said it, you know, like the thong song. So I was like, tongs, 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 tongs. <laughs> and I said it out loud because he kept saying it. Because you've got to take the photo out of this thing. Yeah, I know. And, then, and so he was just like, you need to get out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I think about photography, all I think about is the thong song. And every time I get tongs out to cook or do anything, it's just in my brain. Reckon I sing that song daily. Every time I go to like open the oven. I like the way you money moves. Sometimes it's the weirdest episode that we get these nuggets from. We really do. It's the weirdest. But yeah, I liked photography, but I'm actually quite um bad at it. What do you mean? How can you I be just bad don't at- take good photos. Okay. Like I just don't I don't really pay I just take yeah I don't take good photos I just go like this you know how people go you need to move a bit to the left and there's yeah. a wee bit of light yeah there. yeah yeah nah yeah. bang done. done move on move on <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so in September 95, Roddy moved to Edinburgh to study film and photography, but never completed his studies. Maybe he was in the same class as you. I think maybe he was. Don't, 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 don't. Dropped his courses in order to concentrate on the band. However, Roddy remained interested in film and using his old secondhand camera as a sort of diary, filmed the whole band on tour. Uh, so, Colin David Newton, the drummer, was born in April 18th, 1977. So, before attending Edinburgh Uni, where he studied biology, did you do biology? At school, I didn't. Oh, did you like it? Um, no. No, neither did I. Newtown had only lived in Banff, a small fishing village Banff, 50 yeah. miles north of Aberdeen in Scotland. You been there? Yes. What's Banff like? Small. Not much going on. I only went once because my dad used to be a lorry driver and sometimes when I was younger he'd let me in the lorry with him at school holidays. That's cool. Um, and then we went to Banff once and I remember just sitting up on a sandwich. That's all I remember. <laughs> Anyway, it's great. Uh, really getting to know you. Uh, this is, <laughs> are you feeling better? This I think is... it was a ham and cheese sandwich. Oh, remember? God. I don't know. Newtown's, Newton's mother, a primary school teacher and a father, a town planner, still resides in the town of his birth. Growing up, Newtown hung out with a group of friends who also liked music and inevitably formed a band. Every weekend, he and his school chums would head to Aberdeen to buy records. Like us, we've got Dundee to buy yeah. our records. Um, although he was originally supposed to attend Stirling Uni to study languages and European studies, Newton ended up in Edinburgh and met Roddy during his first week of classes. Um, Rod, so guitarist Roderick Ewan Price Jones. This is very detailed. I didn't realise when I was doing the research I would go this much. That's... And he's a Pisces and his favourite food no. is lasagna. Um was born on December 6, 76 uh, in South Africa, where his father are an orchestra conductor and his mother, a soprano, had been working for six months. Wow. Wow. See, that's interesting. When Jones was two months of age, the family returned to the UK and lived in Wales for two years before moving to Leeds, England, living there on and off during Jones's formative years until he enrolled in, at Edinburgh as a product design student. Because of his parents' musical background, Jones was exposed to music at a young age and one of his earliest memories was of his father asking if he could play an instrument, which one would it be? To his father's dismay, the drums was Jones' reply and I saw his face drop. He tried a couple more times and then asked me who my favourite member of the orchestra was. I said I quite liked the guy who played violin. The next morning out of nowhere, a violin, violin appeared. Thus, Jones studied violin for six years, jeez, followed by a reluctant stint on the piano and trombone. When Jones was 16, his, fin- his parents finally gave up and bought him an electric guitar. Wow. Uh, did you do any instruments as a kid? I know, obviously, you got, you got to the guitar, but... Recorder. A... So I um, don't know if you remember, but I got picked to do a recorder solo when we got... To as a school, we had to play with the Scottish Chamber Orchestra. Oh! And we had to all there was a competition, and you got put in a group, and each person, every team, had to make up a piece of music to reflect something. So I was in a group, and we did it, and we made it about the River Tay. With yeah, and we all had to play certain things, and I had the recorder solo. I was so nervous that after I did it, I threw up, <laughs> and my mum had to come and get me. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, because it was on. It was in the Perth 
hall, city hall. Yeah. And people came to watch it. It was with an orchestra, and I had to go on my own. Oh my god! Solo. Wow. Yeah. Did you do all right? Yeah, nailed it, but then vomited. <laughs> so. So what happened after that? It's a pretty big deal. Did you start out? I'm done. I'm done with the recorder. Oh look. You know, EMI and Warner Brothers gave me a call, but <laughs> I was more focused on my studies. So. And my mum, you know, she was like, you need to get an education. And I agreed. So, <laughs> no, run, no running away to join. No, so I packed my recorder away and, um, you know, I look back at it with fond memories, tinged with some regret. But, you know, <laughs> where could I have ended up? But... <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant, very, brilliant. So in 1996, just three weeks after forming and having enlisted a bass player named Phil, Idlewild played their first gig at Edinburgh's Subway Club. You been to that? Yes. I'll, like, more times than you can shake a stick Is that at. the one with, like... Yeah, that was the, yeah, yeah. in Lothian Road. It's the club that you go to and you, like, used to say... So, like, a pound a pint and... And you got a free vodka. I've been there a few times. Yeah, uh, amazing. So, financed by the creative use of student loans, Idlewild's first single, Queen of the Troubled Teens, appeared in March 97 on Edinburgh's Human Condition label. The single earned airplay on local radio and in turn Steve Lomack's influential Radio 1 evening session programme. They were brash, intense and absorbed in a world of their own, Lomack said of the first Idlewild show he attended in London, as quoted by Mason. The great thing about the Wild was that they were so angular and energetic and despite being four boys in a band, so at odds musically with the fuck, with the fucked uh, Britpop bands, the imitators and the characters. Relations, relations in the band were strained and later that year, uh, Idlewild dismissed Scanlon and enlisted uh, bassist Robert Bob Jones Fairfowl. God and Bennett. Born on August 6th, 1976, he uh, lived in the city of his birth throughout his childhood and was raised by his grandmother after his parents divorced. Fairfowl's father made part of his living as a guitarist on the Edinburgh club circuit and at Fairfowl at, Fairfowl at age 11 decided he wanted to play guitar too. So not much of a student, he drifted in and out of school and decided to take a course in landscape gardening. However, that didn't plan out either and he returned to school but ended up Missing most of his classes again. I was a bit of a waster, he admitted. It's the only thing I regret when I look back at himself. I just sat there and thought, well, eventually the band will ask me to join them. I might still have sat there at 35 on the dole bandless. Anyway, so they did come, Idlewild did come coming, and more importantly, the incoming bassist brought to the group a renewed sense of energy. As word spread about the band, the rejuvenated Idlewild picked up impressive support slots, including one for Mark E. Smith in the fall in August 97. Uh, followed by headlining gigs that earned them a reputation for their wild, aggressive stage presence. Have you ever seen them? Yeah. I've seen, like, when they were really first starting out, and I can't remember if it was at the venue. It was a small place. Maybe mm-hmm. it was at the subway. Okay. But it was a sm- I'm just trying to remember. It was a very small venue, and it was pretty... Might have been it. I could have. Um, so in September 97 they reached the finals of the annual In The City competition a United Kingdom music business event for unsigned bands and then entered the studio with producer Paul Tipler to record for two separate labels on December 1st Simon Williams Fierce Panda Records an influential label that released early singles of Manson, Placebo and Embrace and the Blue Tones issued a seven inch single 
Um, the recording earned glowing reviews. Enemy awarded Captain a grade of 8 out of a possible 10, while Melody, Melody Makers Mason in January 10th predicted the raucous energy and fast fierce tunes with molten melodies make for a twinkling 1998 for the Edinburgh based four piece. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, meanwhile, they signed for Blur's Food Records in 97. And in 98, the band embarked on their first UK headlining tour, appearing at the Brad Awards and opened the shows for the Warm Jets. Oh, do you remember them? I remember. I had their album. What what happened to them? Um, So they also went on the Radio 1 evening session tour with Catatonia and Travis. By now, their live sets had gained legendary status. We do like to go completely mad, admitted Rory. I do remember it being like... like he goes, and we've got the cuts and bruises to prove it. I smashed my front tooth out with my microphone in Amsterdam and got a false one fitted and then smashed it out a few weeks later. Um, so is this is about the time you probably saw them? No, it would have been later than 2000, that. I would have said 2001, 2002. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It would have been then because that's when I was there. Yeah. All right. So they... Um, whole bunch of tours, including a gig with Uncle uh, on a, the Enemy oh. Carling Premier Tour. Uh, Placebo was also on that. They also toured with the Manic Street Preachers. They made appearances at music festivals during 99 and played a concert at Edinburgh Street Gardens with Garbage at the opening of the new Scottish Parliament. Yes. I, was, I saw that. Really? Was it that? That was 1999. I was in Edinburgh for that. Okay. Did I see that? Or was it Princess Street Gardens I saw them? Oh, I don't know. Okay. No, I wasn't in the Scottish Parliament. My brother went, I didn't. I mean, it's far more up his alley. <laughs> <laughs> On March 27, 2000, Idlewild released the hit single, Actually, It's Darkness, followed closely by the full-length 100 Broken Windows on April 10th. Recorded in intervals over a seven-month period in Scotland, England, Wales, the United States, with producer Dev Erringer, uh, and Bob Weston, a hundred broken windows retained the band's fierce energy. Um, it entered the UK album chart at number fifteen, and gave rise to a third hit single, single "These Wooden Ideas," adding to the success of a hundred broken windows with two appearances on BBC's Top of the Pops, oh. a set of performances on later with Jewel Holland, and an appearance on Radio One's Big Sunday event held at Falkirk. After playing summer festivals and completing a United uh, UK tour in the fall of 2000, they went to Europe with Placebo. That'd be a good gig, wouldn't it? That would be a very good gig. Uh, so, uh, the next year, so we got the remote part. Uh, American English and You Held the World in Your Arms were massive hits in Europe, mm-hmm. making the album. So this was their most successful album to date. Not everyone in the band was happy though. Uh, Fairfowl was kicked out of the lineup after an Amsterdam show in September. Oh dear. Guitar tech Alex Grant stepped in to fill in for his shoes the remaining dates. Gavin Fox and Alan Stewart were added permanently to the lineup the following year, just prior to the American release of the remote part in March. You ready for some reviews? Uh, so, Clash, spoiler, kind of sums it up a little bit for me. Um. So, 
ultimately, and this is, so this is kind of how I feel about it, but also you. Ultimately, any connection to the music is personal, and for me, the remote part strikes deeper than most. Already my favourite band, Idlewilds, chose a seemingly remote spot, a mere 45 minutes from, drive from my house to construct it. The album was released the year before I went to uni, while Idlewilds' initial hiatus came the year after I graduated. In almost every sense, I lived this album. In almost every sense, it's an album of transition because that was the landscape it soundtracked. Returning to the remote part now, though, it's remarkable how much of it remains unknowable, how previous assertions now feel as though they may have been built on shaky ground. A melodic, open-minded record that also relies on the bringing together of opposites. It's clarity, clarity and directness built on playful illusion. It's all about the connection. What do you think Pitchfork gave it? 5.8. 6. 6.5? Okay. Not bad. The remote part still makes up to the sunny side of 5, however, only because of the good third of the album has been stuck in my head throughout the rigorous Mitchum listening analysis. Idlewild falls into that select group of rock acts that wouldn't provoke a reflexive stab in the scan button if it came on the radio. And I wouldn't be surprised if American English has already hit a few alternative demographic playlists. Because it's not an album for the mere state discerning listener or those without a mainstream listening helmet, but it's a strong fort in a guilty pleasure territory for those who enjoy a through straight up, no frills, sticky melodies now and then. Um, I want to talk about this. Punknews.org. The remote part is quite simply... The best album to come out of Scotland. Oof. Discuss. I mean, I think it'd be up there. Really? Well, you think about oh, what's better. Wait, wait, wait. For me, it would be up there. I reckon it would be in the top five. I mean, Travis would be there and about. Well, I look wistfully into the sunset. I'm not sure if I'd like it. <laughs> Um, you know, Franz Ferdinand for me would be there, but not for you. Yep. Um, I think Idlewild have to be one of the best Scottish indie bands. Yeah, yeah. To I... be fair. Yes. Why am I forgetting, like, proper Scottish bands? Who else are Scottish? I'll tell you what. Why don't I talk to some of the other albums and read some reviews out? Why don't you scan some... Scottish indie artists. Yeah, because who am I missing? Uh, so what happened next? So Warnings Dash Promises came out in 2005 went to number nine. So it's the last album that they did with Parlophone and Gavin Fox who left. This is from Roddy's Diary. Spent in songwriting frenzy in various bedrooms, living rooms and up in the frosty highlands. Breaking up the chords and words with sporadic midnight rambles wrapped up warm, drunk on wine, deep in dark woods. And playing table tennis in a cow shed. In a surreal twist, the next three months were spent in Hollywood, California, turning these Highland folk songs into fully realised rockers. What did you think of the album after this? Oh, not as good. No? No. Was it that you didn't have the personal connection or was it because the album just wasn't as strong? I don't think the album was as strong, to be honest. Okay. Uh, how far did you get in their career? Because they've got Make Another World in 2007. That was with the new bassist, Gareth Russell. And they've got Post-Electric Blues in 2009. How far did you get? I haven't ever listened to that album. Okay. So after Post-Electric Blues, the band went on hiatus. Not technically splitting up, but they had a break. 
Uh, Roddy, I think it was because we felt we'd come to the end of the format, five guys in a rock band. We'd written a lot of really good songs and seen moderate success, so we thought, right, I don't think we could do much more of this. While many fans thought it was the end for Idleworld, the door was always open for a return. We thought, let's step off the conveyor belt and work out what the band means to us and come back when it felt right. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so actually, Roddy did a whole bunch of solo albums, like this, this stacks of them. Um, and they did get back together for everything ever written in 2015. Drowned in Sound, 9 out of 10. Oh, I need to, I've never given that any... Everything Ever Written is a genre-traversing, surprising, melodic, poetic, anthemic record with hearts, smarts, and soul. Oofed. It may not recapture the Fugazi-fueled fire from their use. It may not scale the obviously commercial heights of their mid-period, but it certainly lays to rest any ideas of a band lost to complacency or confusion. The focus is there. The execution is there. It's a record that delivers, satisfies, and challenges, and is occasionally sublime. Big, big call-outs. Mm-hmm. Interview music. We just reviewed it last season, yeah, I think we liked it was. It. I actually liked it more than you. So I gave it a 7 and you give it a 6.5. Mm. Uh, so Enemy really liked it. 4 out of 5. Free from commercial constraints, Idlewild are reinvigorated. Interview music is their best work in 17 years. They seem driven by the joy of making great music again. It won't, it won't change the world, but the record is a wonderful world. Is in a world a wonderful world all of their own. So, Go. Scotch bands. Go. Just thinking in my brain. So you got Texas. <laughs> um, but indie bands... So you've White got, on Blonde would be a top 10 Scottish album. For sure. You've got bands like Teenage Fan Club. Mm. You've got bands like... Have you ever listened to Frightened Rabbit? Sometimes. Only when they come up on a, a sort of playlist. Yeah. You've got Glass Vegas. You've got oh, The yeah. View. Yeah. That's true. Bell and Sebastian, oh, yeah. Arab Strap, oh, yeah. the Beta Band. Yeah. You can class Snow Patrol kind of. Really? 50 50, Scottish and something else. Irish. I mean, I wouldn't, but okay. I wouldn't claim them. Um, there's a lot of. Like, they've got the Fratellis, you've got Franz Ferdinand. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. I mean, really, if you want to push the boat out, you've got the Eurythmics with Ari Lennox. Yep. You've got Wet, Wet, Wet. Yep. You've got the Proclaimers. Got Rod Stewart. You've got Rod Stewart. Well, he's actually English, but he claims to be Scottish, so it's fine. Oh. Um, it's quite talent there. Tons, like tons. I'll tell you what, let's take it away as an action. Right? Let's 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 Ooh, go. Yeah, let's do the top ten Scottish albums. Yeah, you got Calvin Harris, Biffy Clyro. Oh yeah. Spoiler, they will be homework soon. Ooh. Um you've got uh Lewis Capaldi. You've got Jerry Cinnamon. No, come on. Right. Shall we get into that? Deacon Blue. Deacon Blue. Delamitri. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is pumping. I'm going to make this a challenge. Um, yeah, I'm pumped for this. Primal Screen. Okay. Oh, no. So, sorry, what's the challenge? Don't know yet. I've got a... Fa- form it in your head. Form it in my head. Form it in your head. All right, so let's get into tracks. Kicks off, You Held the World in Your Arms. What are you doing that for? Oh, that's because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that is, this is Punch the Face. This is how you start an album. Uh, so this was their first release, May 2002. Number nine in the chart. Video's good. But video's pretty good. Like, bands start in a cafe 
and it's all around how the people around them are connected like the chef is on the phone to someone else you see their place then that person gets on a bus and goes it's just it's really quite clever um this was on fifa 2003 was it yeah heaps of people were like i'm here for fifa 2003 i was still going through my pro evo phase by then i hadn't switched to fifa I didn't go to like FIFA to like 2012. No, I was pro Evo then too because I was living in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, look, I I have to say this is this is a really good song, and you know, it's pumping. It's. I like the chorus. I like the strings. I think it's a really good start to the album. And I'm sort of I've really struggled with with which song to pick. Really struggled. Same. I've struggled probably for a very different reason to you, but I would pick this song because when I heard it, I went, I'm going to enjoy this. So, let's play this. Yeah. <laughs> so let's play You Held the World in your arms, in full, my pick.
modern way of letting go. This is my pick. <sighs> One and two. Th- this was tough because it was either going to be this or I never wanted. <sighs> that was going to be my second pick. Um, American English, I love it, but it's kind of like popular, so I didn't really want to pick it and then we'll get through others. But I honestly... This is a rocky song, yes. but I just love the melody to it, and it just sticks in your head. How long must we go on? It's a modern way of letting go. Tell me how long. I love it, and it's quick. This one really threw me because... Um, so, a couple of things. First, it was their last release. It got to number 28. Uh, the video is really quite simple to play in the back of a, a pub or a house. It's really grungy. Like, the video is is grungy. And the song is too, right? I really love it. It's, to me, this is it's very American. It's very American. Really? Yeah, it's very American grungy. grungy. And, look, the video matches that. I get it. Um, it's not bad. I've actually put, I wouldn't see Leslie being into this song. And it's my pick. And it's your pick. How wrong was I? I just, I just, like you said, that. Yeah, and it's not me. It just gets me. It's another one I love to drive to. <laughs> so I'm still okay with it. It was on Midnight Club 3, Driving Games. Are you into Driving oh, Games? I can see why. Cause yeah, because you'd be flying down. All right, well, let's split two minutes, 23. You're in and you're out, right? Boom, let's go. A modern way of letting go.
It's a great song. This is like an anthem. Uh, all flavour. This is pure class. Ida Wilde's Yellow, if you will. Uh, so yes, I was going to say something along those lines. It's that it's there. That's why I didn't pick it. Because it's the the popular one, right? Yeah, okay. and it's different to the rest of the album, I think. Yeah, like so number fifteen. So it did alright. Um, they play in a, a sort of community hall, and there's beautiful lights hanging from the hall. It's actually a really simple. Good looking video that matches the song. Better than the previous track for me. His Scottish accent really comes through on this as well, which is great. I love the way his voice breaks in the chorus. Uh, the styles have thrown me a little bit on this album. Like the three songs are all quite different to each other. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with American English. So we'll play that? Yeah. Okay. Find something new. But what will you find when you think that nothing's true? Maybe it's that nothing is new. I Never Wanted was going to be my second pick. It's great. It's a really... All I never wanted was to be there with you. Good song. Very, very good song. Uh, The Reaper Woman. It's about someone who built himself up to be the person he thought he wanted to be. But when he reached it, he realized that he didn't want to be that person at all. I quote, I created myself to be on my own, but I didn't expect to be alone. And now I'm realising this. He's not sure what to do. He knows that waiting isn't going to let the other person know how he feels. Days won't let you know that all I never wanted. So shall we play a little bit of this? Yeah. I am not love this really yeah uh, I didn't like the start of it to be honest uh, it I've, oh, I must have wrote this when I was in a bad mood uh, it feels too generic wishy-washy American rock hmm. however 
the chorus hits and I really like the chorus. Yeah. Okay, so I'm all right with it. So actually, five I'm okay with. Uh, so let's play a bit of that. I am what I am not. Live in a hiding place. Beautiful song. No, it's not. It really is. There's two that I want to skip, but it's my album and you're playing this one. <laughs> uh, so, number 26, it was a third release. Black and white video, really cool actually. They're in an old saloon as cowboys in black and white. And then there's a flash forward and it shows like American tourists walking through the Wild West town now. Pretty, I actually think it's pretty clever. Look, uh, I think it's, it's a lovely song. Very close to Green Day. It's like I hate Green Day. That's what I don't understand. This isn't anything like Green Day. Listen to it next time. The intro to this, it sounds like Green Day. But I've said it's much much better than Green Day. All right, so yes, it, it is. sounds like it, but it's much better. Um, I for me. When I listen to this album, I've actually put down that this this song completely passed me by. Like I, I actually, do you know when you listen to it, you do it? Like you're listening and you go, and I'm taking notes as I go along, and then I go, oh shit, two tracks have just passed me by without realizing. Yeah. Okay, skip back. Okay, let me listen to it again. So this first time skipped me by, but I'm all right with it. You're yeah, play. Go. Okay, live in a live 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 in a hiding place. Time I spent deciding it was you again. It's when I Out of routine. I don't like it. Skip, 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 skip. It's grungy filler. It's not nice. No. It doesn't need to be on the album. Um, now, here's my commentary. One thing I will say, though, that they've taken the American sound of grunge and put their own spin on it, right? Now, also, if you think about it, they're in the middle of nowhere in remote Scotland, right? 
Yep. Imagine, right? So, imagine being in a tiny, tiny remote part of Scotland. That style of music is probably not, it's miles apart from what you would expect, right? I want you to go away, not come into contact with anyone, bleak, cold, probably, Scotland. Kind of like life now, then. (laughs) And they come back with this, like, really rocky, Mm. grungy, it's not what you expect. So, you know, and that music coming out of Scotland would have been very different as well, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Look, the song's not for me. I'm not a fan of Out of Routine, so we're skipping. Century after century. Skip, skip. <laughs> no, it's your album. You tell me. No, these are the two I skipped. Oh, good, good, because me too. Um, I've gone, sounds the same here, and I feel that we're kind of slipping away. I do like the piano break here. It's a different sound. However, it doesn't last long enough, and we're back to the guitars. It's foot tapping at some points, but it's not great. Yeah, they're my skippers. And I always have to skip two. They yep. were my two, so I'm sweet. Tell me ten words. I really like this album. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Kevin. <laughs> That's ten words. Well done. Thank you. How long have you been saving that? I one? haven't. It came just oh, straight out. Genius. Genius. This to me sounds a little bit like REM. This song sounds mm. a little bit similar to it. Um, not bad. Not great. Cool. You like it? Describing you, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I actually, look, you know how I always say sometimes there's always like two halves of the album? I think they've really top-loaded this album. Oh, by far. With all the great tracks. Because for me, I'm literally six for six on this album. First six tracks, I don't really fault them. Look, I can play that through. Seven and eight, I'm like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm. And then... Which will be reflected in my score, but like eight and nine, like so the rest I'd like, but yeah, it's not, they're not as, well apart from one of them, they're not as strong. It's like they've really ramped all of their tracks at the front end. I agree with you, 100%. Um, so what did we say? Play it. Which song is this? Tell me Tell ten me words. ten words. All right, let's play it. No, 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 not such a great defeat. All these things that you don't know It seems so much better that way All these things that you don't know It seems so much better that way Can you tell me ten words that you use To describe the world Tell me ten words that you the same for me I like this better than tell me 10 words um, it's probably a bit of light relief I think because I I don't necessarily like 7 and 8 and track 9 is okay 10 I think you're back in again I really kind of like the song I feel like I wish they'd made that number 7 okay it's another pass for me it's too American cheesy rock would expect it to be on a soundtrack to a movie about college football 
not getting this. It doesn't sound. I don't get this. All right. Well, let's let's. So for people who are hearing this, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I. No, you know, I, I don't really get where you're getting this cheesy American rock from. Feels like it to me. They're, they're Scottish with Scottish accents, and it's a bit heavier than normal indie. But I don't get it full on. I can see where you're going, but it doesn't. Yeah, I don't really get that. All as right, full let's as you let's do. see what people say. Let's see if it's just me. Uh, so stay the same. You want to play that? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Stay the same. In remote part, Scottish fiction. This is amazing. Uh, I'll give you this. This is. This is special, oh, actually. Oh, God. It's so good. Great end to the album. I loved it. It's got the Scottish poet Edwin Morgan. <sighs> you know they contacted him to write that poem for that song. Did they? It's not like a poem he'd already written and they took it. They contacted him to write that poem for the song. No, I didn't and know so, that. Mm-hmm. So he was... Um, the first Scottish national poet, Edwin Morgan. He was the first what? Scottish national poet. Oh. Yeah, so you get like the poet laureate and he was the first Scottish national poet. He actually wrote the poem about the, to, that was read out at the opening of the Scottish Parliament, but he was too ill so somebody else had to read it out for him. Oh. Um, I'm not a huge poetry fan, but some of his poems are actually amazing. Okay. Um, and like the poem in this track, like, because you don't see it coming... I don't think. No, like it's I don't. sort of scattered through. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't really see it coming. But then when you read it, like, it's actually brilliant. It isn't in the castle. It isn't in the mist. It's a calling of the waters as they break to show the new black death with reactors aglow. Do you think your security can keep you in purity? You will not shake us off above or below Scottish friction, Scottish fiction. I mean, it could be about COVID. <laughs> but, um, and it's about, it's pretty full-on message because it's a lot about asylum seekers it's a lot about how people are treated um i actually think this song is brilliant i think this is a hurrah you can't Uh, tell me this is not hurrah yeah i'd give you that i I would say yes um so you're right it talks to asylum seekers that um it talks to a nuclear base Mm -hmm. as well yes and the the fact that that's yeah. yeah that's in the beautiful scenery and then you've got a nuclear base there um look it's this it actually surprised me. Like this song comes out of nowhere after a couple of songs where I was like, no, nah, no, nah. and then this hits and it feels special. It feels yes. unique. great placing at the end of the album. So yeah, I can't wait for everyone to hear this at the end of the show. Banging, banging. All right, reviews. Two out of five from Garfield Acres. Better tunes and production. He's a cat. Better 
tunes in production in the previous album, I can hear the Smiths' melodic style a lot more than R.E.M. this time. Teenage fan clubs, guitar dynamics and perhaps the pixie sense of structure at times too. It's definitely a lot more pop and radio friendly in style and it suits them too. The first half, a dozen tracks, are really good. Mm -hmm. What lets it down is the rather characterless vocals and weak lyrics. Except, of course, the Scots poet Edwin Morgan's contribution at the end of the title track. Mm. Uh, Threntle, three out of five. It's a good, energetic, alternative rock album. Nothing particularly original in this album. It simply sounds well with its really catchy hooks and nice guitars. It definitely makes for a fun piece of time if you can look past the more bland tracks and perhaps lack of originality. Uh, Paperboy Mafia, five out of five. One of the most underrated bands on the planet. One of the most beautifully written albums I have ever heard and must listen. Big call. Big call. Big, big, big call. Um, what... Okay. I can't wait. What did you think of this album? Because already... I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've sort of conceded some of the songs, our skippers. How do you feel yeah, about too. it? Yeah, too. What'd you give it? Like, I really love it. I like it. I give it an 8 out of 10. I really enjoy it. I get it. It's not as probably as, you know... It just gets a bit tiresome because, oh, you know, it's too commercial and it's not as good as this other one that nobody actually listens to. And then you're like, <laughs> it's just a bit grim. For me, I think Idlewild are a solid Scottish band and I think they've created a lot of good music. I have drank more pints to this album than I can shake a stick at being 21 at uni. And, That's you know, obviously awesome. him being at, like, the students' union and my mates talking about it and it would be the album we'd always put on before we went out to see a gig or go out to, like, you know, a club and it's always been that kind of... It's not my usual type when I get that, you know, but... It was nice to hear something different, though. I think so... they're a solid band. I think this is a solid Scottish band with a solid album and I think there are some beautiful tracks in there and really well-written. The last track's one of those... I think some of the lyrics are great. American English is one of those tracks that I think would be, you know, if you were to do, like, indie list of the 2000s, it'd get on it. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's a lot of great tracks. You're right, it's not a 10 out of 10 album, um, because there are some that you go, that's just the same as the last one, I'll just skip that one, those two in particular. But um, it's kind of been nice, because it's a band that probably wouldn't have got spoken about. No, they probably right. deserve to be spoken about. Correct. And they're Scottish, and which is great. Um, and you hope that maybe people will go and listen to this album and listen to Under Broken Windows and, and actually listen to a couple of the others. They're mm. just probably not one that maybe people expected to hear in this series, like some of the others, like like, like an Oasis or a Kasabian or yeah, a yeah. whoever. Yeah. And I'm like that. Do you know what? I'm going to pick it because... I'm glad you picked it. Um, Something I different. It. Something different. Something different. Uh, for me, I probably would have it sitting around the editor's rating for me, around that six-ish. I prefer, for me, this the top, I think that first review, the top half of this album really punching high. And I was like, I'm actually really enjoying this. I like the uniqueness yeah. of the sound. I like the variety of the songs. Yeah. The second half tailed away until yeah. the final track, which is, like you said, very special. Um, I prefer the sound that came a bit later on, that interview yeah. music. So I probably need to, to focus on the middle of their career a little bit more. Uh, for me, I'll be around about the six. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, next week, my pick. 
and holy cow have I gone through about three or four of them because in my mind I'm like we don't have too many episodes left there's a couple of bands that obviously I still want to talk about but there was something happened this week on Twitter and I was like oh, they just threw everything out so this album celebrated its 20 year anniversary literally like last week and any chance to I'll talk about this band I'm going to do it right but it's an album and what the reason why I've picked it this is not so first of all when I that I can talk about when I first heard this album and how I felt but really what I want to do is is talk about how I feel about it now right because I haven't listened to it for so long and there's so much wealth of there's so much stuff happening to this band at this time and also you know they're my favorite band ever so it's Manson. We're doing little kicks. Oh no! It's controversial. And what I, it's controversial, right? And also, what I want you to do, I want you to go nuts. If this is if this is shit, take the gloves off. Let's go for it. I want you to to come out because it's interesting. I've always found you quite interesting with Manson because really, I've only ever known you to like one album. So how can they be the best band ever? My favorite band at that time, I think. Anyway, but so. So this is. The... I'll be interested to see if you think this is better than six. So we will be talking about six, and not. Which as... I'm glad about because I actually think we'll probably differ. On six. Not when we did season one. We both agreed on it, but as part of this, have a listen. No, we to agree. It. It's like it's not as good as. I don't think we'll disagree that it's not as good as obviously. You're talking about little kicks comparing to six. Yes. Right. Yeah, I don't think there's any any argument there. I think maybe. Just from what you said, I probably like six better than you. But yeah, it's not as good. Like no, it's not even close. But um, I want to see where you fall. These exactly. Two. Not like take Attack of the Grey Lantern out of it because that's a no-brainer and we scored it really high and we love it. Mm-hmm. Right, done, pass. This is where I'm keen to see because then really this is the crux of Manson's career, right? Because we've had the good album. Correct. Talked about it. Correct. Are you really a huge Manson fan when you talk about these two? Correct. Because that's, yet, yeah, that's yeah. what I want to talk about. That's yeah. that's got to go over there. That's why we I think that. this is like okay. I got a. There's a lot going on for Manson as well. Like researching this album has just been insane. So um, it'll be good, and it'll be good to see what people think of the album yeah, as well. Because the one thing I noticed is that Twitter had a lot of love for this album when Paul put it out, and I was like, people really like this album. So. Is it worth a read? They're such a band where, like, they could release anything. They've got such a hardcore fan base. I mean, Paul Draper will be releasing a new album soon. Yes, he will um, be. Because he emailed me that when I got your thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually Mavis. Weird. I got emails from Paul. Yeah, and that's right, Mavis. Mavis. That's even better. That's yeah, great. and I was like, okay, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah. we're going to do that. So I'm pretty pumped I'm about that. I'm actually glad you've picked that because the thing is, it's got to, let's just, yeah. It'll be an interesting. I, it'll be good to talk. I think it's going to be the reason I'm glad you picked it is because you'll have to talk about six. I will. I've and no... that's going to kill you, but you're going to have to. And then you're going to have to decide which is then I'm going to make you judge their whole. So the challenge for you is I, want, I know that you're going to win it, but I want to know where you feel about their career and what. Well, order do you put their albums in see it's interesting you said because also what i'm going to do is look at because if you look at there's a couple of things happening around this time like there's um the dead flowers um project so that basically not spoiling it but there's like he did six 
uh, which was the crazy avant-garde experimental album. And then he did a side project just in case that didn't happen. So you've got this other piece that's now coming out, right? Then you've got um, uh, Little Kicks. And then you've got Kleptomania, right? And so, and you don't have any of the production. You don't have, like, they're just songs. And so what I want to do as well is look at Kleptomania and yep. go, if that was the album that actually was, the band was still together, they were going to promote and all sort of stuff, would I have liked that over a little... I, so who? what you need to do is, at do the, the end of the episode, I want you to put them in order. To rank them. I mean, I know what's first, but the rest. Let's do it. Done. All right, so we are out here. So BritpopPanther at gmail.com uh, and Facebook and Twitter are the same. Otherwise, we are out of here. Should probably check your brews, see how they go. Oh, oh. Ow, oh, oh. Get a compo claim oh. any day. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. In the beginning, there were answers, then they came along and changed all these questions, and their answers seemed to change. So I'll wait till I find the remote part of your heart. Nowhere else will let us choose a comfortable start.